Welcome to another episode of Customer Experience Conversations and to part two of the Retail Banking Challenges series. In this episode, we talk about how banks are optimizing multiple different channels and the challenges and opportunities associated with interaction management. This is Louis speaking and I'm joined by Greg and Adam. Hello. Hello. This episode is going to be about a few more problems the financial industry is experiencing at the moment. To start off, Adam, you were just talking about an experience you've had with uh, Alexa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not a rude one, though, I hope. Oh, no, maybe not that one. <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about, obviously, before we started this, I think it was Greg actually mentioned it, that you know we have the ability to integrate with Alexa, and I was quite mind-blown, if I'm honest. I mean, that's incredible, because um, in, my, in my own house, I think I've probably got Something like six Alexas scattered around, which is quite sad. It's a he, lot. <laughs> yeah, rigged up to my security cameras outside, my light bulbs in the kitchen, my heating, everything. So I'm properly one of those guys that's like into IoT and getting everything all integrated. And then Greg said that one thing that banks could actually potentially do using us is if you were to connect it via security, have the ability to be like, you know, make an appointment with my branch. And I think that's incredible. That would be unbelievable to be able to do that. And if we've got the technology to offer that, I think that's something that should definitely be looked into. People more and more now are more into getting instant information. We're all yeah. quite lazy. And yeah, I use my Alexa all the time. Many people probably don't use their Alexas <laughs> or it goes off random without them knowing. Uh, but I personally think it's a fantastic little bit of kit. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can integrate that in with the financial market, I think it'll be fantastic. It's, it's just one of many new communication channels that banks and other companies are starting to utilize. Yeah, it doesn't stop there, does it, unfortunately, with Alexa. And that's only one of, of many, obviously. There's loads of like home device products that, yeah. that are entering the market and becoming extremely popular. But it, to me, it's just something I was talking about with the bank the other day. It's just it's just one of the new many new channels that are opening up. Every organization has to always think about or decide which channels do I wish to in- offer engagement through. You have to weigh up, obviously, whether your customers are there. Is there a demand for it? Obviously, the overhead and cost to start operating down that channel. Mm. Social media, for example, is another more modern mm. channel and every platform is different. Do you want to engage with your customers via Twitter? Do you want to engage with your customers via Instagram or Facebook? Because the moment you do, like if you're a large organization, it's going to take time, money, energy and resource. Yeah. You know, yeah. One of the things that I, I engage with an organization is TFL. So through Twitter... I follow TFL on Twitter for any updates, for example, on the trains. Okay. And if there's ever a problem with the train or, you know, I noticed, for example, recently I noticed there was, uh, I think it was something like a broken light or a really bad like rattling sound. Everyone's sort of sitting there moaning and, you know, huffing mm-hmm. and puffing about it. I just went straight on Twitter. I gave the carriage number, gave where I'm sat and said, there's a really bad rattling sound. Can you sort it out? And said, I'm on the Met line. It's just left Amersham or Chesham at this time. Wow. And they said, this, that's absolutely fine. We'll get it sorted. So rather than complaining about late trains, you actually help them out. Yeah, I just thought, yeah. I'd, yeah. You're like, a rare man, Greg. And you can, and how, how, how yeah, well, <laughs> the thing is though, is that ha- think about that. That's, that's so, that's so easy. That yeah. is so easy. Like I've just yeah. potentially helped fix a problem with the company. But in order for that to happen, TFL had to make the decision as, yes, we want to engage with customers via Twitter, for example. For them, that's not a hard decision. But for other organizations, and when we're talking about Alexa, we're talking about social media channels of other types. To me, one of the challenges that faces banking is that if you do want to do it, you have to do it properly. It has to be secure, for example. That's a massive thing. You can't be sending bank (coughs) details over 
over Facebook, right? You no, know? you don't need five-year-old suddenly talking to your Alexa and accessing your bank account. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's all these things to think about, and I think it's one of the great challenges, but it's also a great opportunity. So just try and flip it on its head. It's a really big opportunity, I think, in the banking sector about really getting that right. And Do you think any of these channels are more gimmicky than practical and might fade out in the long term? Yeah, there's got to be the answer has to be yes to some level i would say one that in particular that i haven't seen a huge amount of organizations get 100 percent right is automated chatbots yeah i think that's nobody likes those yeah i don't think many people do like it and i think the ironic thing is actually it's it's not a technology that helps it's more seen as a technology that hinders yeah whenever you speak to anyone who's had to interact with an organization through an automated chatbot annoyingly you sort of feel like you're having to go through this process so i can actually speak to someone Absolutely. it's like having it's like calling up on a phone and then having to answer the questions and then you finally get to the option where would you like to speak to representative mm-hmm. you say yes it feels like a similar thing and i remember it was actually at rbr uh, the banking event i think it was last year someone did a really good talk about how in their organization they really were focused on any technology that gets implemented it must not hinder the experience in any way shape or form yeah even if it improves the business hugely they said they made like a commitment to their customer experience was even if it benefits us massively as a business if it remotely hinders the customer experience then they need to reconsider and well, i absolutely. like that i like that methodology and i think yeah. sometimes that's what you know any decision you make whether it's communications or any part of your business obviously you are weighing up internally versus externally how is it going to be- benefit customer and business but communications probably at the moment is such a hot topic because new channels are always opening up. And yeah, Alexa is one of them. <laughs> yeah. um, Similar to uh, chatbots, you can see some companies using virtual agents. Yep. I think Amazon did it first and they, they did. provided a, a button at the top of their Fire, their Amazon Fire kin- Kindles, is that what they're called? Yeah, and you'd press it and you'd immediately get through to a virtual agent, yep. which you could ask a question to. Unfortunately, that wasn't successful in the long term for Amazon, mm-hmm. but is, do you think that's something banks could implement into their business model? Yeah, to me, it's about just improving the utilization of the staff that you have. I don't think you need to bring on new staff in any way, shape or form to have virtual agents. You, I'm sure using technology, well, I know using technology, you can already just set that up with the staff that you have. One of our customers, for example, does video-based appointments and it's simply because the resources that serve those appointments i.e. the staff members are highly trained skilled staff members and they're not available every branch so what they do is they get customers for example that want the, the appointment to speak with that member of staff the customer actually comes to one branch the the skilled member of staff goes to another branch and they actually connect through a dedicated video room on either side so our solution for example is booking out the room it's booking out the equipment um, it's obviously sending all the communications to both parties internally mm-hmm. and externally to make sure that you know that all gets lined up but that's just a good example of how virtual agents doesn't need to be this whole big overhaul of your business and you need to implement you know some dedicated call center with everyone on cameras you can actually just do virtual agents with your existing staff and for same way actually we actually one of the things that we do in that manner is when you've got appointments some of those appointments, for example, you can do face-to-face. Some of them some of them you could offer call centers. But there's no reason to say why members of staff in the branches cannot also answer phone calls. So with very a lot true. of our solutions, yeah, we great. route first of all to a call center. But then if a call center is not <coughs> available, immediately we start putting that call around to different call centers for someone else to answer. 
because obviously a phone call doesn't care where you're based so you can utilize resources like that as well yeah communications yeah a lot of challenges a lot of opportunity in, yeah. in, in the banking sector in particular a lot of underlying governing rules but very interesting space yeah definitely and these new channels will definitely help banks with keeping customers in the long term and that seems to be a challenge nowadays keeping customers mm-hmm. at your bank in the past it was a lot more difficult to move banks yeah but nowadays it's becoming a lot more accessible to quickly change to a new bank yeah yeah i think i think banks if anything they might have almost be victims of their own success on that because in terms of moving bank accounts as you just kind of said it's actually relatively simple now and in fact banks actually advertise or they certainly used to how easy that was and how they move your direct debits standing orders some of them even incentivize you to move mm. retaining customers for banks is probably as important as ever if not more important than ever one thing just touching on what we we're just talking about in terms of communications i think if you were to implement anything new it needs to be done correctly yeah. um, and it needs to be done right because you know these customers if every if all of a sudden all the high street banks start offering you know web conferencing the ability to suddenly make an appointment with your bank manager or an advisor in department if you have a solution that you launch that isn't robust and isn't stable or good that customer will, will leave mm-hmm. because obviously you know this generation and newer generations are more in demanding of quick information getting information whenever they want it we don't really like waiting we don't like those chatbots because i agree with you guys i think things like chatbots are just they're just modern day call attendants and they're just another you know they're obstructing you to get the answer that you want as long as a bank is open to new channels and as long as they do it correctly that should actually increase retention but if they don't do it correctly then they're actually putting themselves potentially at risk but it's like anything if they don't evolve and offer them i think they're in trouble anyway so they've just got to really put the research in and do the testing on it definitely important to make sure that each customer is getting a good experience with this technology mm. do you think there's there's anything else that can affect the customer's experience that the bank can do like more information more insights into the customer in any industry banking retail whatever it is i think the biggest frustration is being an, a consumer an end user is having to repeat what you're doing mm. if you ever think of any incidents in, a per, in your own personal life whenever you've had a problem um, and you've had to phone someone log into an app go on a chat bot go on a live chat one of the biggest frustrations is actually having to repeat something that you've done. Uh, what the banking industry should certainly be trying to do is any information that is gathered, every bit of information that you gather is incredibly important. Bringing that information and making it available at hand straight away to any agent that's dealing with them is massive. Because, it, it, it you know, if I was phoning up my, my local bank, or if I was logged into an app, or if I popped in, if just from my account number and sort code or my credentials, they could find out the most recent time that I spoke to them, when I had a complaint, if I didn't have a complaint, if I'd opened up a new service, I think it would be very good customer service, very strong customer service to actually ask me about that experience, whether it be a positive conversation or a negative one in the end, that it's always going to increase my customer experience with them. Using information from previous experiences, whether it be face-to-face, on the telephone, on an app, I think that's essential, putting it in one place. Yeah. I think that'd be really helpful. Yeah, using this information in that way, it sounds simple but it's actually a lot more complicated than it sounds. You have to implement an effective single view of your customer. And if you don't do that, then you fall into the first hurdle. Mm. You can't capture that information. And it needs to be real time, because imagine if you had a single view, which was a week behind time, and if you look at all their transactions, things that they've done, and you think they're all tickety-boo and happy, but it turns out actually they were in branch A the day before, going absolutely crazy at the branch manager, but you didn't have that information there, it could actually be, again, quite embarrassing. Yeah. Definitely. You look quite silly as an organization. You would, yeah. 
But I think that's a really good point. I really like your idea there around just utilizing quite simple information. Like you say, putting once the system's in place, it's just using simple information to really ensure that your staff are, you know, giving that personal feel to the experience. And that's not hard. Like that's not a hard thing to do. If you are able to create one-to-one relationships between, you know, members of staff and customers, that's fantastic. Uh, sometimes obviously with with the rotation of staff etc that's not always possible with a lot of staff that's not always possible but you can implement technologies and solutions like that where you do put immediately to the to the member of staff yeah information they can see and that gives them context to who they're speaking to and i also think that another idea i guess to throw out there to the audience and something that we've done at quite a lot of our customers is to help harness retention to help boost retention when you have interactions and in particular appointments is very applicable it's a it's it's often about handling the interaction when it does happen but there's also an element of handling interaction when it doesn't happen i.e if a customer doesn't show up for an appointment and in my experience it's really something that so many organizations overlook they often implement an appointment booking solution whether that's ours or someone else's but there's just no thought about or no implementation a strategy about what do i do if a customer doesn't show up for nine out of ten at least of the customer solutions that i see where with for example we're replacing the solution nine out of ten or organizations i speak to that have solutions in place right now they literally any customer that doesn't show up it ends up in a report that's viewed by management two weeks later and nothing's done that's about crazy. it Whereas the way that we mitigate that is in real time by immediately sending call, st- call, ten- uh, call tasks to the call center agents to say call the customer or maybe to the branch manager or, or to someone to say you need to get in touch with this customer. They didn't show up for an appointment and just that's just the start. You can get extremely yeah. advanced on this because you can start to uh, send additional notifications to, to certain levels of staff depending on what level of customer they are. So for example, if they're a business customer and they've got lots of loans or they've got, for example, let's say they're a large property investor and they've got five or 10 or 20 mortgages with you, they're pretty important. And not to be horrible to other customers, but they're probably more important to you than other customers. And I know we don't want to admit that because I don't have 10 properties or anything like that. But to you as a business, that's a more important customer. Mm. And I don't think necessarily you should 100% treat every customer exactly the same because certain customers have more needs and requirements and therefore it makes sense to to use business automated processes like that or just ideas that we just talked about to help increase the retention around customers especially customers that are, are you know a high risk to you if you do lose them so yeah there's lots of there's lots of ideas around how to boost retention to me it normally just starts with starts with the simple things really and implementing them well think is a good customer centricity yep Yep. exactly one thing i was thinking about just before this podcast is the level of customer service that these challenger banks would be providing Mm -hmm. do you think they would have the ability to if you wanted to call a member of staff and talk to them like you would with your bank like hsbc barclays santander yeah can you do that with them do you guys know much about how monzo works personally i actually do use one of these other banks as well um i originally took out the account actually because it was free to do and i did it for um when i was traveling around well traveling holiday because it's much easier to load up like a revolu card or a monzo or whatever and that we've we've actually i i topped my revolu card up with my google pay account just done on my you know on the fly on my mobile phone i then know if i pay via contactless or take money out in the states or europe whatever i know i'm getting probably a better rate than if i just took it out of a cash point with any other card um, and that's all I've used it for so far. So I don't actually know personally what you, you know, if they do have a customer service center. It's a very, very good question. Mm. Greg, have you, do you use any alternatives? 
I have a Monzo account, but I don't use it very much. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty, pretty newbie to, to that. But it's like any area of business. The fact that your more mainstream banks have these new challenger banks that are branchless, they're all digital. Naturally, of course, they really are appealing to a certain age demographic, a certain type of customer. But there's still a lot of other customers that don't know about those banks, don't trust those banks mm. yet. So I don't think... I don't think they've won the battle at all. But I also think that thinking both positively for mm -hmm. them and for the challenger banks, both types of organization have strong points and strengths that the others don't. For the challenger banks, their strength for sure just lies in the pure agility and simplicity of the banking experience. Uh, whereas other larger banks that have been established for, for, for years and years and years and years have inbuilt processes and regulations and bits and pieces that makes it makes the life sometimes a bit harder for the customer. But what a mainstream bank can tend to offer, of course, with physical locations, is that face-to-face -face interaction yeah. or human feel to the experience. Yeah, if I was a business customer with lots of real estate and loads of loans, mm. like we spoke about earlier, I probably would not use one of these digital challenger banks as my first choice sure. because I would like to Makes sense. know that there are, there are people behind my, my account. You're spot on, Louis, because even if you look at Revolut, um, as a big example, they're massive, you know, in the fintech space, they're one of the biggest. If you look at their consumer brand and their consumer app, which everyone uses to with a card, the rating's extremely high. You look at the Revolut business, it's two out of five. So I think you're bang on there at the moment. Whether that changes in the future, I don't know, but at the moment, I think you really are spot on. And it comes back to something we talked about in, I think, the previous episode to hear about the idea around using physical stores for not just appointments, but things like events. Massive, massive trend right now in, in, in retail banking you know, utilizing the branches that you have, the, the staff that you have hosting events around very niche specific topics. Again, that's something that these challenger banks just can't do. In theory, yes, they can because they have employees. <laughs> it's not like they don't have employees. And obviously they can do a pop-up event anywhere they like, but in reality, it's not happening as much. And if you're someone like a Santander or a Barclays where you have hundreds, sometimes thousands of branches, your coverage is ginormous. You have mm. the locations, you have the staff already. If you implement the appropriate event management or enterprise event strategy, then there's nothing to say that you can't create those experiences, which again is just a differentiator between you and these challenger banks. And yeah, I think it's I think it's also the final thing I guess to add from my perspective on these challenger banks is, you know, the simple value of something like a smile goes a long way in yeah. customer experience. It's so often overlooked, but I heard a great quote by someone once and it was someone who interviewed Steve Wynn, and a lot of some people will know Steve. The guy Wynn. who owns the casinos in Vegas. Yeah, he's so done all right for himself. He owns, he owns the Wynn Hotel <laughs> and the Encore Hotel in in Las Vegas, and I'm sure he owns lots of other hotels as well. Mm. But ultimately, someone once said to him, "What's your hiring process? How are you able to hire? And, and sorry, how, what's your training process? How are you able to train your staff to be so happy?" And he said, "I don't train my staff to be happy. I have I hire happy people." And it was just such a simple message, and I was like, "That comes from one of the." most successful business people of all of all time and it was such an important message that actually probably nine out of ten customer challenges or customer bad customer experiences could be easily resolved with just a simple smile 100 because a lot of the time we're interacting with customer or sorry we're interacting with organizations somewhat in a negative sense you know we've got a problem with our contract or we've got uh, a challenge with our bank or you owe us a refund and it hasn't come through we don't normally reach out to our bank to tell them how great a job they're doing. It's normally because we've got a challenge, we've got a problem, and something as simple as a smile or you know a basic level of understanding around your customer to give that level of empathy to the experience to me is, is often overlooked. 
and again going back to the original topic of conversation where we've got challenger banks versus for example more traditional banks traditional banks are going to win yeah. for a long time yet yeah in my experience these challenger banks they can't provide that level of emotional intelligence in their customer service mm -hmm. they yeah. never will be able to you can't automate feelings no exactly no absolutely not exactly i think i think that's good hopefully that's you know we shared some ideas there and just things to think about i guess for the audience in terms of another couple of key challenges that you know the banking sector face anything else you wanted to cover today or should we should we save some more for the future and hopefully yeah we've got plenty more to talk about perfect so tune in next time you're good thanks everyone